Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, everybody. It's Matt Johnson. We are back with another episode of the Team Building Podcast. We've got an amazing special guest today. We're talking all about lead conversion, uh, both online uh, and how to manage your ISA team effectively to better uh, convert on online leads. And we've got a, an online lead conversion master here uh, with us. Well, actually, we've got two of them. So we're going to let them mastermind because we've got Jeff Cohen here as well. Jeff, you have been traveling a ton. Like you've been to Phoenix. I think there was a desert somewhere involved. I don't know if it was a goat. <laughs> <laughs> Some, somewhere uh, somewhere around the world you've been traveling and then you just came back from uh, from Boomtown Unite uh, and met up with a bunch of people there. So uh, what have you been up to? Good Lord. Yeah, man. So we were at the Ber- uh, annual Berkshire meeting. We were just awarded the number two team in the world at Berkshire Hathaway for selling over 601 sides last year. So that was really exciting. They had us speak at a few breakouts. Um, then I took my family on a, on a road trip in my F-150 Raptor for a week. This was my wife's idea. I uh, did some off-roading and hiking in Moab, Utah. It was incredible, gorgeous place to visit if you haven't been down there. And then I just got back from Charleston, South Carolina, Boomtown, had their Boomtown Unite conference. They're going to start doing those every March. And we spoke on four panels at the Boomtown Unite. Um, and then I'm super pumped to have Andy on the call. I just was talking to him a little bit ago, had looked at his bio and was just blown away. This guy has done so many things in the real estate world. Um, he has a lot of information to share with us. And I'm so grateful, Andy, that you're willing to come onto our podcast today. Thank you. No, thank you for having me. I uh, look forward to having a good discussion. Yep, for yeah, sure. It's, it's going to be awesome. But well, Andy, give kind of uh, give everybody that's listening, since they might have not heard of you, a little sixty second bio on who you are, where you are, what you do. Uh, how how dare they not have heard of me? Um, but, <laughs> that's what I always say. That is a great <laughs> answer. Yeah. That, is, uh, that sounds like something both me and Jeff would stumble <laughs> across each other in. Like, wow, something. you have never opened up a computer in your life. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, so yeah, I uh, I got into real estate uh, a number of years ago, uh, and I found out that my my niche was being able to get on the phone and talking to people and booking appointments. Um, you know, uh, I'm a blunt guy. We'll, we'll see that, I'm sure, as the day goes on. But uh, I realized that I really uh, I really kind of hate people. So I didn't want to actually be one-on-one with them very often. So I could talk to them on the phone, um, book appointments, and send them off to other people. And that was my strength. So I did that on uh, three of the top teams in uh, the Toronto Real Estate Board um, and uh, then moved on towards uh, the coaching. So that was uh, – I spent six years, six hours a day, six uh, days a week, Um, on the phone, making dials, booking and converting appointments. And the vast, vast, vast majority of that was dealing with online leads. Okay. Awesome. All right. And then, and then you wrote kind of, uh, you've wrote some things about your experience, including the book, Converting the Crap, which is, <laughs> that is a great title for a book about online lead conversion. So tell people kind of where they can connect with you and get that book for us before we dive into the numbers. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, my, my cleverly, you know, product placement there, uh, Converting the Crap is my book. Um, I have a couple other ones. I have Powerhouse Dialing as well as uh, a script book as well. They can get all of those books at uh, my, my company website. So I do uh, coaching with uh, Kathleen Black Coaching and Consulting. And our website is uh, www.kathleenspeaks.com. Um, and when you go there, you can see uh, my books. Uh, I've got a, you know, a bi-weekly call about lead conversion called Flip Scripts. 
all of those sorts of things in our coaching and everything else. Awesome. Very cool. Well, one of the things that, uh, so when I first ran into Kathleen and we'll have her on the show as well, but I, she mentioned you and, and what really caught my ear from our initial conversation was you mentioned something about, you know, seven to 10% lead conversion. And you're talking about online leads. You're not talking about database and sphere and things like that. When most people talk about those conversion numbers, you're talking about either at the worst, maybe circle prospecting in a neighborhood you've been working for years uh, to get those conversion numbers. So I want, let's define the terms real quick and and, and let's go with, you know, when you talk about those conversion ratios, let's get clear on kind of what is the, what is the group of people you're reaching out to and what do you consider a conversion? Right. So uh, for me, uh, conversion, I'm talking about uh, to appointment, uh, to, to being able to sit down face to face with somebody. Um, and uh, at those appointments, we're getting kind of 90 plus percent of those people to sign a contract and, and work with us. Um, I think our, our, our clients kind of average in, the, in and around the 92, 94% range um, to, to actually getting contracts. But from a uh, from an online lead, so from a, an unbranded source uh, where they're just kind of a name and a phone number, they happen to be looking online at information, uh, getting a hold of them, uh, talking to them a few different times and actually booking a face-to-face -face appointment, we're getting between 7 and 14%. Um, of those people kind of uh, being able to, you know, end up sitting down face to face with our agents. So a lead, a lead you would define as just someone that came looking for information, most of which probably arrived at some type of a squeeze page request, you know, requesting their contact info and you have a phone number or an email address and a name associated. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't like emails. Uh, so if it doesn't have a phone number, it's almost useless to me. Uh, a, you know, I think email is a bit of the scourge of our real estate industry right now. It's a great way to waste a whole lot of time. Um, I'm, I'm all about phone numbers, getting a phone number. Uh, you know, if I'm sending emails, if I am doing a drip campaign, it is attempting to get a phone number. I'm going to, you know, do a lot of internet searches to try and turn that email address into a phone number. Um, but the goal is to actually speak to these people one-on-one, -on -one, you know, uh, with leads We've got to talk to them. We've got to start building some level of rapport with them before they're ever going to do anything with us. So, okay. Um, and you said, so, so you're getting seven that. to 14% conversion on lead to a contract. And I'm assuming just for our audience, a contract is an exclusive buyer agency agreement or a signed listing agreement, not an executed contract. Correct. Yes. Yes. Correct. Uh, okay. Buyer you, agency or, or listing. Yeah. Do you know what percentage of the people that sign buyer agency or listing actually execute? Uh, it, it dramatically changes from person to person and uh, from area to area. But uh, from our listing side right now, uh, you know, I don't know how, how up on uh, Canadian real estate you are, but Toronto is like, uh, our average days on market is like six. Negative. It's like a negative. Yeah, it's six, <laughs> six days on market is our average days on market right now. So a listing's pretty high. So it's not like yeah. it cuts. It's not like you're saying like, hey, we, we signed a lot of buyer agency and, and listing contracts, and then only 40% of them actually turn into contracts. We're talking yeah, about right. from appointment, you're closing about, you know, your clients are closing 90% of those into contracts and the contracts are performing relatively similar. Listing is going to perform well. Buyers is going to be a challenge right now in your market yeah. because there's not a lot exactly. of inventory. So it's yeah, interesting because exactly. your numbers aren't very far off. Ours were um, 3% in 2015 and 2% last year. Uh, the only reason it went down last year is because our leads doubled and our agent count didn't. So we just essentially were doubling the leads and we found the point of diminishing returns was about 30 leads a month per agent. What's yeah. your experience been, Andy, using an agent to convert versus an internal sales agent versus a virtual assistant? 
So yeah, um, so from an agent conversion, um, you know, the, the numbers that you're talking, kind of that two, three, maybe even 4%, depending on on their actual, uh, uh, probably work work ethic more so than even skill level, but um, yeah. Um, Consistency, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, you know, in a moment, I think one of the things to really go through will be uh, what I expected out of an inside sales agent in order to get in touch with a lead, because that I think will, will blow the minds of your listeners here. Um, but um, so an agent will do that. The, the uh, lead conversion people will start to really start to grow. Um, you know, when we, uh, when we really start to, you know, deal with follow-up and, and really, really suck the marrow out of these leads, that's when you're going to start to see a whole lot of stuff happen. Um, sure. And then allow the, the, the agents to do what they're best at. Um, virtual, um, we've had some success. It, it, it again comes down to uh, a trust factor, which is often very difficult in, in the virtual scenario. Yeah. That once they hit a kind of uh, and every person that I've ever seen dialing the phone does when they reach a spot where they uh, they have a lull, they just can't book anything. Um, yeah. That people really start to give up on their virtual assistants. Yeah, um, very uh, far too quickly. Probably is the best answer to that. So I want to address this quick. So nationally, as I've gone out and spoke just in the last month, the big topic right now is lead conversion. Of course, we've figured out leads. I knew this five years ago. Leads isn't the challenge. Leads cost a dollar. You know, I spend 10 bucks and I get one registered lead at a 3% conversion ratio. That means, you know, every what, 33 leads ends up making me a commission dollar. So the challenge is how do we convert and what's the best way? And a lot of people around the country are using internal sales agent teams. And I think those are highly effective. Uh, people are hiring virtual assistants, which like I have a virtual assistant company called Thousand Calls a Day that can help through that process. And I agree with you that trust factor is a big challenge because providing oversight digitally, virtually to someone on the other side of the world is a challenge for most agents that aren't great at managing. And then the, you know, the next thing is real estate agents actually doing conversion with the leads you're sending to them. So there's three camps there. My team in Omaha, just as a reiteration to our audience, has chosen to deploy the strategy of the agent working the lead from start to finish. And the reason I do that is we generate leads from three main buckets. One is internet leads. Two is fear and three is my own agents going out and prospecting. And my fear, Andy, like you've gotten all that experience six hours a day for six years, I'm sorry, six days a week, six hours each day for six years, you became a master at that, that dialogue. Well, I have found that as my agents have mastered their dialogue with the internet lead, they then can apply the things that they've learned when they're engaging with their sphere and their own prospecting efforts. And it's made them a much stronger agent. So talk to the disadvantage of having an agent um, try to convert the leads and why you feel like the ISA team is probably more advantageous for most teams across the country. Yeah. So the, 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 the spot where inside sales work best. Well, first of all, um, I think every team out there should always begin with, with the kind of the, what you were talking about, where the agent is doing all the, all the jobs. Um, if not, um, agents absolutely disrespect the appointments that inside sales agents set. If they had never uh, done it before. If they've never done so it. So you're saying understand. in the beginning, every agent needs to do it. They need to experience the pain and recognize how hard it is to get exactly. that person on the phone and then ultimately set an appointment. Absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. And then as, as time goes, goes along and as teams grow, um, that's where we should absolutely be looking to focus in everyone into their specialty. Um, you know, you, you want to have people, doing what they do best more often and more often. Like it's, it, you know, it's it, 
a real estate team isn't all that different than a, a sports team, right? Um, you know, sadly, I'm Canadian, so I'm going to use a hockey example. But, right, like, I, I don't want, you know, my centerman playing in net. Like, that's just right. not going to make any sense. Um, you can maybe convert that to football or basketball so everybody else nope. can understand. Makes sense. Said, but, um, Be in your position. One of the things I really liked about your bio, Andy, as I read through it, is you had made the assumption that a lot of agents fail um, and struggle because they're sold so many ideas. They listen to so many podcasts, and they have a lot of knowledge in a hundred different areas. And if they would just focus and go really deep in one, two, or maybe three different areas from a lead generation standpoint, they could be much more successful. And I can't agree with you more. Yeah, no, I haven't. I've spoken to team leaders that do uh, 20 deals a year um, up to, you know, about 1200 deals a year. Um, and the ones that are in the upper end of the scale, all of them, they have three, maybe four sources yep. of business. Um, and that's it. And the ones that are in the bottom end of the scale are like, well, I'm doing these 7 billion ways of doing things. And, oh, I've got this newest trick. Every right. time you talk to them, this is the newest thing. Um, and it's like, well, why don't you get, yep. you know, your hand on, you know, some of the yep. things that you already know how to do. No, nope. couldn't agree more. So, Hey, so when you um, have a team, you know, we have a lot of people listening who have agents that are probably working the leads right now. When is the right time for you to transition that agent taking that initial lead and trying to convert it to handing it over to an internal sales agent team? Yeah. So um, the internal sales agent team, in my opinion, is the last division that you should have in, in a real estate team. So you should already have a marketing division. You should have admin. You should have sales. You probably should have licensed assistants, maybe helping out in some ways. Um, and inside sales is the last department that you're going to really build. Because the infrastructure needs to be there to service all the business inside sales is going to generate. So I totally Absolutely. agree with you on that. Yeah, it's a very expensive, it's a, it's a high turnover uh, position as well, right? To try and find the person that can actually do it and for long periods of time is not easy. Yep. Um, and uh, so when, you know, for me, an inside sales agent can keep between three and five agents busy, each individual uh, inside sales. And any team worth its salt has two or three agents that don't ever want to talk to an inside sales agent. They've got two or three people that are top, they're kicking ass, taking they names, don't they don't, it. They need, don't. need any help. Okay. These, this is for, you know, kind of the remainder of your team. So how you're do you probably comp? looking at having eight agents. How do you comp your ISA? Um, in every position that I've ever dealt with it, it would be a salary plus commission. Uh, the salary being very low, um, but it's what? that little bit of a benefit. Just ballpark, what's low mean? Is that 24 grand a year, 50 grand a year? Yeah, no, like you've like probably like twelve to fifteen thousand a year, right? So twelve like, to fifteen thousand in Canada or U.S. Commission. Canadian, yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian. All right, so that's like Either that's like way, ten grand fair. U.S. Yeah. And then just big, you do big commission, so um, compensation yeah. in the U.S. for them to receive a commission off of referrals they're sending out, they have to be licensed. Is that the same rule in Canada? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and in lots of different, uh, our, we all, all of our provinces are slightly different. Um, but, uh, okay. in, in Ontario where I'm mostly out of, you know, just even to make the phone calls, you need to be licensed so what, anyways. I'm so. assuming they get a bonus for every lead they highlight or appointment they set. How much are you paying them for a deal uh, that closes? What are they getting per deal? Yeah. So usually they get between uh, six and 10% of the oh, wow. uh, overall commission that comes. What's your average commission in your market? Five grand? Uh, yeah, probably around eight. Okay. So that's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's a job bucks. where, you know, a really quality person doing the job should be able to make a hundred K a year. 
yeah. um, with really no expenses. And, and, you know, that's a nice, comfortable living. So you mentioned earlier, you have a lot of churn with an internal sales agent team and even a virtual assistant. I've experienced the same. And one of the challenges we find is that internal sales agent watches the agent they're referring all those deals to make two or $300,000. And they think, how hard is it? I'm just going to go on these appointments myself. And you've ultimately taught them, or they already knew how to generate this business and ultimately, um, as they watch your team have success, they want to become like an agent. So would you say that's the natural progression of an internal sales agent that they ultimately end up joining the team with whom they were generating leads? Um, I would say it's the, it's the natural uh, desire out of the inside sales agent. Um, I haven't met very many people that were quality inside sales agents that went on to be quality outside sales agents. It's a very different, different animal. Game. Right. Like I yeah, can book I'm appointments all day. Cause you mentioned Andy, like you're, you're, you kind of hate people. So I'm guessing you, uh, if in disc terms, you're a low eye, you're a low interactive. Do you, is that a common theme that you find in really successful inside sales agents? Do they have a little bit of that where they'd rather talk to people on the phone because it's uh, arm's length distance? Yeah. You know what the, the, the funny thing is, is that I'm actually a DI even, um, and I actually wow. probably more higher eye. Um, I, it's just much more like, I have to like you. Right. Yep. So, you know, like I, I want people to like me. Right. <laughs> and that's why on the phone, I can be good and I can talk and I can do all mm -hmm. of that. And I learn through talking and all the, the different, you know, I factors. Um, and it's a big part of being in, in inside sales, right? It's, 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 you know, you're an ISA for a reason. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's um, the ability to, the ability to do the repetitive task over and over and over again is a big part of it. Well, that's um, the, that's the S personality trait, right? Yeah. So what would you say on the disc is your strongest ISA? Um, I believe that the I followed by S or I followed by D are the two best. Um, they, they have different strengths and weaknesses. Yep. Um, and I really don't know that there is a better one over either of them, yep. right? The D will close more appointments. The I will do a whole lot more follow-up, which will be long-term more appointments. Um, so it's, it's kind of a, a catch yep. 22. Yeah. And your S is going to show up more and be systematic and not get bored and not get burned out. And your C would be a complete disaster. Don't hire a C as an ISA. No. So one of the things I recommend to the listeners is never just have one person in any role, always have multiple so you can split test and create a benchmark. Um, I know with my virtual assistant company, we have over, I think 40 callers now. And so depending on the type of call, you'll like this, Andy, we've tracked all of the conversion ratios for an expired call versus a for sale by owner call versus circle prospecting versus data mining. So when someone hires us and they say, what do you think we should expect in terms of an ROI with this certain type of focused call that we want the virtual assistant to make? We already have all the stats over the last couple of years to provide that. So um, what would you say to that idea of split testing and having multiple ISAs so you can have them competing against each other and essentially create benchmarks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I work with a lot of teams that have kind of just one inside sales agent and I work with a bunch of teams that have multiple um, and I've done both. I, you know, I've been on teams where there was multiple. I was the only one on teams. Um, it's a really lonely job if you're all by your lonesome. Um, you know, it, it, as weird as it is, you know, when you're talking to as many people as you're going to talk to. Um, but I believe that, you know, a, a couple of people will allow you to cover the amount of time that you want to cover as well. Um, and it will increase your, your results, right? Um, and this is why I say it's a very expensive department to run. Yeah, absolutely. 
Matt, let's take it to the next question, which I think would be um, a lot of listeners are going to be curious to hear. And that is, what strategy exactly do your internal sales agents deploy to convert at 7 to 14%? What's the expectation that you've set for that ISA when that unscrubbed lead comes in? Yeah. Yeah. So there's going to be a couple of different things. Um, the number one, and, and I think we alluded to this earlier, is just what I expect out of them in order to get a hold of this lead. Um, in order to get a hold of the lead, to actually physically speak to them, um, what I expected out of my inside sales when I gave them a brand new lead was that they would call that lead three times a day for seven days. At the end of seven days, they would call it for another seven days, they'd call it once a day for the next seven days. At the end of that was the first time that they would leave a voicemail. Um, so that's probably uh, one of the big things that you know, real estate agent gets sucked into his voicemail takes way too much. So that's time. 21 dials in the first 14 days. Uh, uh, 20, Did I do my math right? Yeah. 28. 28. Yeah. Yeah. 28, 28 dials in 14 days. In 14 and then days. I'm leaving a voicemail. And the reason I'm leaving a voicemail there is because for the next 14 days, I'm not going to, I'm not going to dial them at all. And then I'm going to do another 14 days where I dial them once a day. So, you know, I'm getting well over 40 attempts in order to actually physically speak to them. For myself, right. my record was 54 attempts before I talked to the person and booked an appointment the first time I spoke to them. Okay, let me get in the uh, weeds real quick on this. So first, yeah. what, what dialing system are, uh, do you recommend internal sales agents use to get through that many calls? Uh, again, it'll depend on the lead type. If it was internet leads, anything where I generated the name and phone number, I honestly wholeheartedly um, just pick up the phone and dial it. Okay. Um, I don't Is like that a cell phone or a landline voice over IP. It will be a bunch. Um, I will do my cell phone. I would do my office phone. I would do voice. So over you IP, believe I in the change. You believe in changing the numbers around. Yeah, absolutely. I would, okay. uh, I always, I also blocked my call at almost and just my name. Just to address name. anytime someone disagrees with me, I'm always going to bring it up. So I disagree with Andy on this point. In my experience, if you use the same number, the person will actually be more likely to pick up because they'll see the same number calling over and over and over again, and they'll be pissed and want to ask you to never call again, but they'll at least pick up. But I'm not, I'm not disagreeing in the sense that obviously both ways might possibly work. I just like to be more transparent and not play the game of trying to hide behind the phone number. I just want them to know it's that same number. They don't know who that person is. Yeah. So what would you say to that, Andy? Yeah. So, um, I would say that I like both. Um, I, I, there was definitely times when I would just go, you know what, I'm going with the same one over and over and over again. Hopefully the guy will, will answer and be all angry with me. Cause I didn't have a problem with that. Like, right. what the hell do you want? It's kind right? of more fun, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I can yeah. deal with that. Um, but a lot of people can't. Yeah, so I'd rather you switched your phone lines mm. and made the dials then be scared one and don't make them. Yeah. Then be right? scared that they're going to be pissed. So let's pretend like you are using a dialing system um, for the strategy. What dialing system would you use? And I'm trying to get you to recommend some type of software that an internal sales agent team could use or an agent could use to try to mitigate the time and energy that it takes to get all those people called. Yeah. So um, Mojo Dialer is the one that, that the vast majority of my clients, if they do use one, they do use. Yeah. Um, I have found that I, I don't like it for direct leads because mm -hmm. it has that pause when you call, mm -hmm. right? They want to pretend that it's not there, but it is. Yeah. Um, you know, no, a lot of the ones I agree that, with Andy. Yeah. So we also yeah. use Mojo mm -hmm. Dialer, but if it's going to be a one-off call, I just recommend the agent uses their own 
personal cell phone and an internal sales agent could use technology like Skype or Ring Central. Those are really yeah. inexpensive and easy to use or even a Google voice line and they can yeah. dial out single, single dial. That also is faster than dialing on an actual phone because you can just click on the phone number and it'll ring the number. And it'll ring dial. Yeah, exactly. And I think uh, like we've got a few people using Infusionsoft and they've got a dialer. There's a yep. bunch of them. Vulcan um, 7. Yeah, anything that dials one number all by itself um, even Mojo will do that, you know, in certain ways, it's usually okay. But if you're doing multiple phones and I would do that for anybody that's doing any cold calling or anything along those lines, yeah, I would use it and I would take the downside of that yep. little pause because they're already going to be mad at me anyways when I right. talk to them. So, the so we talked about, mad, right. We talked about 28 calls the first two weeks. You used to go almost to 50. Would you do any text messaging? Um, if I had that ability, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, there, I, I try to do as little, um, I try to do as little email, voicemail, texting as possible. Right. Um, because it, it gives it away, right. You know, like, as you kind of said, I want them to be it's like, who is this person calling? Right. Right. I, I don't want, I don't want them to know really. Right. I want them to call me back. I, I, I don't mind them knowing when I talk to them. Right. But I, I need them to do that first. So when you leave that voicemail, though, you said you don't leave your first voicemail till after 28 call attempts. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So or what are you saying in that voicemail? So in that particular voicemail, because I'm going to take 14 days where I'm not going to call them, I am going to give them, you know, a standard. Hi, it's Andy from the blank okay. and blank. I'm calling in regard to your request for blah. Right. Uh, give me give me a call back at this number. Um, I, the big thing that I say for voicemail. So I, I have a standard voicemail for if it was an ad sign call, for example, that yep. I'm calling back, I would leave a voicemail on day one of that same system and then not again until day 14. Um, and at that point, my first voicemail would just have been, hey, it's Andy, call me back at, and here's my number. Okay. And that would be the whole voicemail, right? Like I was leaving it for my best friend, right? right? Um, hopefully they call me back, uh, <laughs> you know? Um, but in general, they don't, right? Like right. that's long, long and short of it. That's why I don't leave voicemails because they don't call me back and I can make another one or two dials for every voicemail I leave. Right. And it's a numbers game, right? You know, you, you want to be putting up the numbers to be able to talk to as sure. many people as you possibly can to book the appointments. So back to your comment on why you don't text and you don't email, your number one reason is you don't want to give it away um, who that number is associated with and the intent why you're trying to get in touch with them. You'd rather kind of catch them off guard with an actual phone call and have them answer on the other end rather than be able to sit there and think and make the decision that they don't want to engage with your team. Yeah, absolutely. You know, in most scenarios, like I, I don't, I have zero problem, for example, um, a lot of what I may be dialing from, as I say, I would have blocked my call or done things like that. It may or may not be coming from my, my company. Um, I don't have a problem with an email drip campaign that's going on at the exact same time that I'm trying to get a hold of them. I'm trying to get them to, in, to contact us. Right. But I, as an inside sales person, am not doing that drip campaign. Correct. My it's job separate. is dialing the phone. Your agent's doing the drip campaign. Yeah. The internal sales agent's just calling. I agree with that. Exactly. So our expectation is three calls the first day. The first call is the first five minutes. After the third call, the first day you leave a voicemail, send a text. Over the next 13 days, you call seven more times. After the seventh call, you leave another voicemail, send another text. So it's a total of 10 calls in two weeks, two texts, two voicemails on top of all of that. And that's all from my agent. We're also yeah. starting an email drip that is all automated through our system, Boomtown. And then we're also um, sending them listing updates that meet the criteria of the houses they were looking at when they were first on the site. And so using that one, two, three punch, we felt like that's, that's all kind of played together. But I'm big on the transparency piece. 
Um, and, and it's honestly like the, the opposite thought process is the person on the other end won't be mad at the agent if they just say what they're doing and being their self. And I feel like my agents have really <clears throat> subscribed to the idea that if you just tell someone what your intention is, uh, via text, via voicemail, and via, by the call and the email, et cetera, then they're not going to be as pissed at you. Whereas if you try to hide behind all these different things and you pretend like you're 18 different people, they're going to be more upset. So I'm sure it works both ways and yeah. it's really to each their own. I think it's really about the psychology of the agent. So whatever the agent believes in that's going to get them to make calls and send texts and send emails is what we should try to do. Absolutely. And what you talked about is, you know, is great for an active real estate agent, right? Somebody that's not just dialing the phone. All, all, my, all the inside sales job is to dial the phone. So I'm not going to take away an ability to dial the phone and, and leaving voicemails and sending texts or emails for a lot of people. It yeah. gives them that, well, I sent them this. I don't need to call them again. I don't want that excuse for my people. Yep. So that's part of, part of the process. Um, at the end of the day, you know, for, for the internet leads, you know, when you're talking about an inside sales department getting in, you're talking about mining well more deep than your agents will ever, ever get to. So these are the people that are 9, 12, 18 months away from right. doing something. I, always, I still want to talk to them and set them up on my follow-up system as time goes forward. And that's why some of those take, you know, 50 yeah. dials to get a hold of them. What system are you using to house all of these leads? Uh, so I get that question a lot, which is my, you know, what are, what is your favorite CRM? Um, my, my answer is standard, the one that you're going to use. Huh, um, I answer. really don't care. Um, you know, they all work. They yeah. all do the same basic thing. Whichever one you like feels comfortable is a good one. What I, what I would say to the team leader is make sure every aspect of your business, including your ISA team, that you understand the expectation you've set. I've watched agents that have never prospected before, Andy, um, and internal sales agent teams who are led by people that have never prospected before. And they say, I want you to make a thousand calls because they heard it on some podcast, but they have no idea how to hold that person accountable to making a thousand calls. And this is a big dysfunction with virtual assistants. They'll say, hey, I want you making a thousand calls. And the VA says, yep, I made a thousand calls, boss. And they made a hundred calls, you know, and they made a hundred calls for 10 different people that all think that they're hiring that person full time. Yes. So yeah. it's interesting. All right. Well, let's, let's 80, 20 this a little bit, Andy. So, so if somebody's starting out and they, they do not yet have an ISA department, what is kind of that, what is their highest value activity? So let's start with the hiring process on finding an ISA. So let's say you'd make the determination that you're going to kind of jump into that game. You're going to hire a couple people at once. First of all, what are you looking for? And what's the most important things to look for? So you can weed out 80% of the people that you don't want to even give them a try. And let's get two solid people in there to benchmark against them. And, and let's, let's get the process started. What is the kind of, what's that vital few that's the rule of thumb they can use? Yeah. So um, we already talked to personality profile, what we're looking for. So that, that certainly is the, is where I would start. Um, the next thing, the next most important step for me is a phone interview. Um, I'm going to do a phone. I need to know that they can talk on the phone. Um, I'm going <laughs> to need to know that they can do that in that phone interview. I normally give them, you know, uh, a portion of the script that I want them to know. It will be, for me, it's always been the, the buyer value proposition. Um, what are you going to say to buyers to make them excited? Um, it's going to be the number one thing that, that we say to people. Um, so I would give them that. I would expect them to memorize that for their face-to-face -face interview the next day. Um, and then I'm going to put them on the spot to do that in that face-to-face -face interview. Um, I'm not going to expect them to be perfect, but I want to see that they expect themselves to be perfect, um, that they've done something, that they've pushed themselves. Um, I actually have hired people who have been a train wreck 
in what they actually said to me in that face-to-face interview, but I could see how angry and frustrated they were with how badly they did it for me because that's important to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got to see, you know, because of what we said, you know, it's, it's the work ethic. Um, Can they, you know, can they learn a script? You know, um, uh, are most most of them, are most of them, sorry to cut you off, are most coming from the telemarketing industry or are they agents that didn't make it as agents? Who are you finding? Uh, Probably a little column A, column B. Um, You know, your telemarketers are fantastic because, you know, at least in Canada, the, you know, the top telemarketers for a lot of companies, you know, they'll maybe max out at around $45,000, $50,000 a year. So they can come over to this industry and make a hundred and they're a machine and they know how to dial and they know how to, you know, understand scripting. Then you just got to get them that, that script. Um, the other side of that is though, is those people sometimes don't quite understand customer service. <laughs> um, so they're a little bit, you know, harsh, a little bit angry. So, yeah. you know, how do you tone that down? Um, so you the agents, the collections industry. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. You know, it's probably the biggest telemarketing industry really. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you have to get them licensed if you're hi- you know, hiring someone that's not a licensed agent in your, in your area in Canada, especially or whatever province you're in, do you typically work to get them a real estate license before you start having them make calls? Yeah. Well, what we would normally do is, is do some sort of a, uh, uh, approving system. Um, you know, so, uh, there are, there are, you know, past client things. And there are some stuff that they can do to at least show me that they know how to make, pick up the phone and make the dials. And I can see, okay, they have the skill set, And then yes, we'll, we'll be looking to, to put them into uh, courses to get their, their license. Gotcha. gotcha. So, live, so live audition before you actually invest in them. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Very, very cool. All right. So let's talk about the, uh, the onboarding process. So once you make the decision to pull the trigger, get them hired, let's, let's talk about it, you know, from both the perspective and un- unlicensed, since that seems to be the majority, but what's your process like for onboarding a new ISA, a new ISA and setting them up for success? Um, for me, inside sales is a very one dimensional job. It's know what to say and pick up a phone and do it. So all of my training for inside sales is role play. Here's your script. You need to have a script. I, uh, as I say, I have a script book. You know, you got one with my coaching company. I personally do not care what script you use. Just use one, right? Mm-hmm. Write it down, have it on paper, um, hand it to them, get them to memorize it and start from that spot, right? So that you can have a starting position and then we can improve from there um, rather than just, you know, give them phone numbers and say, good luck. So for most inside sales, they're anywhere between uh, two to six weeks of just straight and utter role play. It is probably the most boring training you'll ever go through or provide or do, but it's just, you know, okay, do that. All right. And do it again and do it again and do it again um, until they know it. And once they can do that and, and know that, then it's all about getting on calls. It's about talking about, you know, the different things that going on. We're going to do some job shadowing. We're going to, you know, uh, look at different scenarios. We're going to talk about, um, they need to meet and understand who's, who's involved in the team um, because they're going to be setting appointments. And I expect my inside sales to set appointments directly to the agent that they expect would do the best chance of putting the deal on the board. Right. So I want them to know the personality profiles of all the different people on the team. I want them to know what type of client they work best with, what areas are their specialties, right? So that would be uh, all a part of that onboarding process as well. Okay. When it comes to the, com- 
Sorry, Matt, when it comes to the commission split, I know there's a lot of teams out there that if a lead at some point was scrubbed by an internal sales agent or a virtual assistant, the split to the agent will change. So like the agent would lose an extra 5% or 10% if it had to get scrubbed. And then a lot of times the team lead uses that additional five or 10% to bonus the virtual assistant or internal sales agent. Do you recommend something similar to that? Um, I do. Um, our uh, our commission structures that that we uh, that we do for our coaching clients are are fairly dramatically different than than most other people, um, and different than most other teams work. Um, so it, you know it, it is it's a pretty complex system that we we create and put into place. Um, you know the way I always kind of explain it is um, if you worked for you know um, you know uh, Apple. Um, and we're, you know, in, in their sales department, it, it's not just a simple straight, you get, you know, 20% of the commission every time you do a transaction, right? There's these products are more than that product and this, and it, it's right. complex, right. right? And we're running million dollar companies and you can't have a very simplified system to pay your sales staff. So there's a complexity to it. Some of that money, no matter what should always come, you know, if, if, the, the team's expenses per transaction for cost of sales, which would include um, inside sales and things like that, shouldn't dramatically change just because inside sales is involved. Right. Um, but it has okay. to somewhat. Cool. Okay. And then uh, my, I think my final question is just on the longevity piece. You mentioned churn. So if you take a high quality ISA, what's your goal for how long they stay with the team? Um, my goal with anybody that joins the team ever is to make them so happy they never want to move. Um, that they're happy in the job that they are doing, that they stay there for forever, um, you know, but uh, yeah, a, a, quali- a, a great ISA will, will, be lo- will stay for a long time. They, they like the job, they'll do it for, you know, like I did it for six years. Um, the, the only thing that moved me, you know, from, you know, like I did, did it for two really big teams, um, was the uh, the challenge of moving to a team to, to build the, the department there. Um, but um, outside of that, you know, uh, you know, just a normal scenario, you're probably looking at a year and a half to two years before a lot of people will start to see a, a burnt out scenario. Yeah, that's kind of what I was, I was thinking 12 to 18. So that, yeah, it just depends. If you get the right personality, I imagine you might stretch that out a little bit. Jeff, does that make sense with what you've seen? Yeah, I, I, one 18 months to one to two years, they're going to be done. They're going to be burned out. I think that the challenge is you just don't see yourself doing it for six years. Andy, you're a rarity to be able to put <laughs> up with that for so long. And I talk a lot about when I was a brand new agent, I was Andy for about a year, year and a half. And I'm like, man, this is a grind. Um, I found I m- would much rather work with my sphere of influence once my sphere got bigger. Um, I kind of became that guy that didn't like people either. And I'm a high eye. And it's not that we don't like people. We just don't like annoying people. Um, and a lot of the people you prospect, prospect into naturally are going to be annoying because you're annoying them. And yeah. so those are the worst people to engage. Whereas if it's a referral that's sent to you or you're calling your friends and family, that's a lot easier of a phone call. And that's why agents lean towards their sphere. It's the most comfortable. I know our audience is going to want to hear it. And we have a lot of top level agents, but I think that um, we would love if you'd be willing to share with us your number one script that your virtual assistants or internal sales agents use, or the number one script that you've used. And we could do a quick little role play call and I'll kind of give you some pushback for fun. Would that be something <laughs> you'd be willing to do with us? <laughs> I, I can do some of that um, because I've been coaching for as long as I have. My scripting isn't uh, as, as perfect as, uh, as it used to be for sure. Um, so let's pretend like it was just one of the rando leads that came in off whatever website, you know, abcwebsite.com and yeah. you have their name and their phone number and you call in. 
Yeah. So, you know, if I'm calling, you know, it would be, you know, hi, it's Andy calling from uh, Kathleen Black, uh, coaching.com. Uh, I'm just calling because I received a request for copies of homes for sale in the such and such area. And I'm just calling to let you know that we've sent that out to you. Is that okay? You know, I don't really need anything. I'm not interested right now. No, I understand completely. Um, now, out of curiosity, when, how long have you been thinking about making a move? Um, we're not really moving. We're just kind of bored and we're looking at the website. Oh, I understand. I understand. If you did move, when would you hope to do that? I'd love to move tomorrow. My house is a piece of crap. Um, oh, yeah. I just think our, my job's not super stable. So we're not really sure if it's something we should do right now or not. Awesome. And if you did move, would you stay in your area or would you want to be moving out of the area? We'd stay in the area. We'd just move up. We need, we only have two bedrooms. We'd need like four or five bedrooms. Okay. So you need four or five bedrooms. Excellent. And when would you hope to get that done if everything worked out perfectly? Um, honestly, I'll know in about 30 days. And if, if things go as I hope, and I don't, I'm not expecting much, but we'd probably be ready in the next six months. Fantastic. Fantastic. And, and do you have a home to sell or, or are you, are you first time buyer? Um, no, I'm renting it. The house we're in right now, we're renting. Okay. Fantastic. That's exciting. Right. And do you have an agent in mind to help you when you, no, when the we don't know any agents. We stay away from realtors. <laughs> I don't blame you. Well, you know what I can do for you is I can send you daily emails of all the homes that match what you're looking for. What I'm going to send, it's going to have the address, the price and all available photos, all the information, just like I get as a realtor. It'll update you daily by sending out only what is new or had a price change. The instant becomes available. Oh, and my clients, they also get access to powers of sales, estate hmm. sales and other distressed sales. Would you be interested in that information as well? Yeah. Whatever you want to send over. Fantastic. Well, all I need to do now is meet for about 10 to 15 minutes just to take down your exact criteria. When's the best time to do that? Days, evenings, or weekends? Meet in person? Yeah, absolutely. It just takes 10 or 15 minutes. Then I get all of your criteria, both yourself and, and uh, your spouse or significant other. Can't we, we just do that over the phone? Well, you know what? I know that you have a great understanding of what you're looking for. And what I need to do is I need to get that same great, great information. That way I don't waste your time by sending out hundreds of homes that don't match what you're looking for or worse than that, miss out on a phenomenal deal. So it only takes 10 or 15 minutes and then we're on our way to finding your next home. When's the best time to do that? Days, evenings, or weekends? Um, are you guys able to do it over lunch? Yeah, absolutely. Could someone come to my office? Sure. Yeah, I could have somebody come to your offices. Now, are you buying this home by yourself or with your steps? It's my girlfriend. Yeah. So you and your girlfriend would buy it together? Yep. Excellent. Would she be able to, to pop? Yeah, we work. We actually work. We work together. Yeah. Okay, any, perfect. any day after 1130 would work. Okay. Fantastic. So uh, tomorrow at around 1130 would work for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm in tomorrow. 1130 works tomorrow. We're just over at 180th and Dodge. Perfect. Meet, meet us up anytime. Excellent. So what I'll do is I'll have Bob from my team come out and meet with you. He's going to go through all the details and get everything organized so that we can start paying attention and hopefully get you into a great home. Sounds good. Is Bob going to call me or just? Well, yeah. And then, then, then now I would just get the details okay. for the, where, where we're meeting and everything else. Would, would, so would the agent they kick it off to actually call and follow no. up and make sure it's a solid appointment or would they just go no. show up? No, I would want them to go show up. Agents piss okay. off people and, and ruin things for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's awesome. So I subscribe to the opposite belief. If you're using a virtual assistant, you yeah. always want your agent to confirm the appointment. That's one nice thing about an internal sales agent team. They'll do a better job, I feel like, than a VA culturally too, to make sure it's actually a, a valid lead and it's worth going to. So that's a great, that's a great recommendation, Andy. Great job on the call too. 
Um, <laughs> you, you obviously have done that a million times. And I loved where like your stream of thought, you were like, oh yeah. And I also have like in the middle yes. of your stream of thought, you had this that moment where you were really excited. Good. That yeah. was cool. I like and that's that. like that, that, that's the only part of the script that I've really done in eight years is the buyer value proposition. I do that over and over. Um, the rest of it is all, you know, just from doing it for a long yeah. time. So some of it, like I'll probably have clients watching this and be like, Oh, he screwed up here and there. And I probably <laughs> did, but, um, yeah. but this is the thought process to it is you, you can't live. You can't buy into their bullshit story, right? Yep. They're going to pretend that they're not interested. They're going to pretend yep. that they don't want to talk to a salesperson. That is what their script right. is. Yep. So we have to have a better script for it. And you know, when you get into like some of the questions, um, the big example that I always do is, is, um, you know, uh, Matt for a second, Matt, um, what kind of a dog are you? What kind of a dog am I? My personality, and, my personality. So, um, so you see how, how his face went and was like, I, I, I'm not a dog. What the hell? Um, but Matt, if, if you were a dog, what kind of a dog would you be? Uh, I guess I would be a terrier. Right. So the boom, the answer's there. Yeah. So what I asked in the role play was if you were to move, when would you hope to get that done? And bang, I had right. an answer. When I asked him if he was looking to move, now he's just looking. That's good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's right. that type of a switch in their brain that you have to get happening. Yep. Gotcha. Well, it's like the difference of a waiter or waitress saying, do you want dessert or which dessert would you like? Yeah. It's a totally different question. Or like you walk into a clothing store, can I help you? Or what brought you into the store today? Right. Yeah. So great That's point, Andy. It's actually designed to get an, an actual answer, yes. and not just a courtesy. Yes. All right, Andy. So remind people of how they can uh, connect with you, get in contact, get the book and all that good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, a, a couple of things I'd like to shamelessly promote if I can. So what <laughs> um, <laughs> is our, our website, KathleenSpeaks.com. And you can email me if you have any questions or concerns at Andy at KathleenSpeaks.com. Um, the other probably big thing that we've got going on uh, that I think a lot of your listeners would be interested in is that we're doing a uh, 100 plus deals mastermind uh, for teams and team leaders, um, individual agents that sell over 100 homes a year. Um, we're doing a mastermind session in June up in uh, Niagara uh, in, uh, in June, June 22nd, 23rd, I want to say, but you can go to the website for more details. Um, if you do that kind of a transactions, we're going to be putting 40, 50 people in a room, doing a bunch of masterminds on a number of topics, because when you get to that level, you know that you're, the way you think, the way you communicate dramatically changes. Oh, yeah. So yeah. we're definitely trying to put uh, a lot of those people together in a room and so those are the, those are the two ways to get a hold of me and hopefully we would see some people there. Very, very cool. And that's uh, and yeah, awesome. and the book is converting the crap. So people should go to the website and get that. Uh, that is a, a great title, but let's go, get back to you, Jeff, uh, real quick on, on the workshop that's coming up in May. Yep. So that's a very yep. special. So for anyone that's joining us for the first time, um, and Andy, I don't know if you know about our team building workshop, but we're really big. Obviously, it's the team building podcast. We want to help agents take their business from wherever they are to the next level. And so we have a, a workshop once a month that unpacks 10 years of real estate experience and teaches agents from across North America how to scale their business um, within the culture, leads, accountability processes, strategies, lead conversion. We go into all sorts of different topics. It's about a 12-hour workshop from 8.30 in the morning till 8.30 at night. The one that's coming up on May 5th and May 6th is a special event. Um, it's going to be 
part, uh, paired with uh, the annual Berkshire Hathaway shareholders meeting where Warren Buffett and Charlie Mumgert are going to be speaking. Andy, I'd like to make an invite to you for free for being on today as an um, affiliate partner of ours. If you'd like to come out and check out that workshop, I'd love to host you. Um, but for anyone else, we are going to offer a special discount today at 50% off for this workshop. Normally, they run $29.97. You'll be able to come for $14.97, $1,497, and bring a guest. And you get access to our Google Drive, which is all of our intelligent um, uh, analytic, uh, what a Intellectual property. Thing, intellectual property, yeah. lost that for a second. <laughs> and then you'll also get added to our private Facebook group, which has over a hundred people. When you sign up at jeffsworkshop.com, just be sure to put in the discount code half off, one slash two off. Very cool. All right, guys. Well, that will do it for uh, for this particular episode. We appreciate it. Guys, subscribe to the show on iTunes, YouTube, or Stitcher, depending on whether you want audio and video versions. You can always check out and keep up with the podcast and all the workshops as well as uh, expansion and all the things we've got going on at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. So we appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs>